Gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined by uh, my wonderful co-host, Solution, uh, over there at Solution Gaming. And a very special guest, we have Mr. Allen from the YouTube channel, The Dungeon Coach. He makes all kinds of cool Dungeons & Dragons videos, lots of fun stuff. Uh, welcome, Mr. Allen, welcome. What's welcome. up, guys? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Having me. Yeah, so we're- I love we're, the dungeon. We're going to talk all about the D&D and things like that. Uh, Alan just like reached out to me and he's like, I like your channel. And I watched his channel. And I'm like, you got a pretty cool channel too. Do you want to be on my silly podcast with me and Lucian? And he said, absolutely. So here we are. That was like a month ago because yeah. there were all these scheduling conflicts and problems, but we're here. So we made it happen. It's all good. Me and the captain. Awesome. All right. Uh, fantastic. First of all, uh, how are you, Mr. Alan? No, I'm good, man. I, I appreciate, and I think it's next level. Only, only you guys would go and put me in the thumbnail. I yeah. just thought that was so impressive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you are though, Jordan. I, I mean, well, I, I, I phase in and but, out, so I'm, I'm okay. not. I mean, I mean Lucian's the star, and so we humble. have to just promote so the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan didn't tell me he had his, uh, his brother or cousin coming on. He yeah. didn't tell me anything about the, the relationship there. <laughs> so exciting! So exciting. Uh, um, to, a little bit about you for the people that don't yeah. know. Uh, you have a YouTube channel, but uh, what is it about? What do you do? Oh, uh, I mainly specialize in homebrew. I love some homebrew stuff. And I mean, these subclasses is perfect to talk about because nothing necessarily that these are homebrew because they're more official. But I mean, they're super, yeah. they inspire me just reading through this. I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts of cool different homebrew ideas, different, uh, but that's what my channel is about different game systems, different, uh, ways to put a cool creative spin on your game so yeah awesome awesome and uh how long have you been doing this with the channel huh i have been uh seven months now okay Started back cool. in november so seven months we're at like six thousand five hundred subscribers ish so that's awesome yeah on the come up <laughs> yeah yeah no that's way cool no it's been, it's been um, awesome boy yeah uh, if you talk awesome. if you just talk like youtube i think the first ten thousand subscribers took like years and then I think <laughs> right. people see right. that and they're like, oh, you're like legitimate now. And then they start subscribing right. okay. more. But yeah, <laughs> right. it's hard. It's hard, but it's fun. Uh, and you got to oh, you yeah. gotta just, you, if you have fun doing what you're doing, then you're, you're golden. Oh, right. Um, so uh, obviously I, I, uh, you like Dungeons and Dragons. I see your background. You've got all kinds of uh, <laughs> Wrath of a Shardalon and Legend of Drist over there. Um, yeah, yeah. I've seen you a lot of what edition is that though. We got to talk about that. He, what's he displaying so what? in there? That's uh, where? Yeah, what Where? are those editions? Those those are third edition there for sure. What, what? Where? What other no, books? those boxes. Have <laughs> books. you not played those boxes, Lucian? That is not the all those boxes. fourth edition oh. games. That oh yeah, game. that's right. I haven't oh, played the fourth editions. I got a uh, yeah. Do you see that one? The, the fourth edition monster <laughs> manual. You know. I'm just oh, there you, go. Uh, there you go. Oh oh. Um, <laughs> there you go. No, I I I've only played fifth edition but i will go back and i think there's a lot of cool stuff from fourth edition's dragons like they're recharging their breath weapons the tail attacks uh, uh, oh. well, he'll be back he cuts it. in and out every now and then or, uh, 
Oh, hopefully he's coming back. <laughs> uh, it's very important. Whatever Just you say. My internet. Hey, yeah, internet. So. There we go. Uh, yeah, back. No. Hello. <laughs> hey. No. Um, when did you get into D and D? Because you started with fifth edition. You said. Yeah. Um, I started with fifth edition. Uh, my my wife went to go uh, sell clothes at a brewery, and I. Uh, saw some guys playing Dungeons and Dragons in the corner. And I was like, what the heck is this? I want to finally, cause I've been, I've been. Oh no. Gamer for forever video games. World of War. Really? Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I gotta open this up. Hopefully. Maybe yeah. Streaming takes a lot of uh, bandwidth. <laughs> um, is this, is this any better? Uh, we'll see. Is this any know. better? It's almost it's catching up. Zoom? Okay. Come on, Zoom. Don't let me down. Don't let uh, me down, Zoom. No, I just uh, I saw a bunch of guys playing. D- Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I saw a bunch of guys playing D&D in the corner, and I just it's, had to go check it out, see what's going on. I asked. I was coming from it from a video game perspective, and then they blew my mind with the infinite possibilities of what you can say and do. And then I, I've never stopped since. I've That's awesome. Obsessed. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess similar for me too. And I think Lucian was kind of the, no, Lucian, you started with board or tabletop games and then you got into video games and then you went back. Yeah. 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 It's all good. Uh, Yeah. Back in the (laughs) eighties. I'm I'm old. (laughs) No. And I started with fourth edition and then we started playing fifth edition afterwards and stuff, but you know, yeah, that's my question. You saw the game. You said, I got to be a part of this. But how did your first game actually happen? Were you a dungeon master or were you a player? Um, I wanted to be because I was like, I could do this. Let's go. But then I was like, no, no, no. I need to actually learn what's going on. I don't want to okay. just throw people. So I played three sessions. And after the third cool. session, I was like, I'm ready. Let's go. Now I'm Bring ready on. to go. Um, so really <laughs> the DM part was what drew you the most. You played just so you could oh figure it gosh. out. But the DM right. part is where you came in at. So that's cool. Oh, for sure. Like the, the, the story, the challenges. Every time I saw a combat, I was like, this this can be more than just health sacks that you eventually kill. Like, mm-hmm. What if this is going on and have to figure out this puzzle me that oh, again there, it caught up <laughs> okay cool what if they had to figure out so just pushing the mechanics and pushing the story so i've yeah. i'll dming for sure that's cool right. uh are you what are you actively running right now any games uh right now uh my campaign i wrapped up a three-year-long campaign right before this whole you know covid thing broke out and then i was in the middle of a, a session with a lot of my high school kids uh, I'm a teacher, high school uh, coach and stuff. So after school, we'd have some sessions and didn't get to do the f- big finale finish mm. that I had hoped. But uh, I actually just wrapped up that because they're, they're seniors, they're graduating, they're gone. So we'd had a big final wrap up uh, uh, last week. So cool. right now I am campaignless, <laughs> which is kind of, it's sad, but it's kind of okay because I get to really focus on the channel and a newborn kid and yeah. going back to work and stuff. So. Well, congratulations on the newborn kid. Uh, I totally understand thank you, thank that. Um, uh, do you did you do a homebrew world? Do you play in the Forgotten Realms? Do you play in Eberron? Do you have like a? a... Um, I I definitely hundred. I'm, I'm every campaign I've run is 100 percent homebrew. Oh, okay, cool. uh, each one That's has a different inspiration. I, I try and find like a, a a through line of like where my head's at as far as lore or the planes or how that all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. But then whatever I need the lore to be to better fit the players backstories and world and story they want to tell, I shift it. So like, yeah. uh, the, my last campaign with the high school kids was like D- a hell in abyss and the planes were about to overlap, which is not at all what my cosmology 
is for like my hardcore DD brain. But for them, it was like, oh man, Hell and the Abyss are about to overlap. This is crazy. We asked, yeah. So uh, changing it when I need to, but yeah, 100% homebrew always. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool. Um, well, uh, we are a D&D talk show and we talk about uh, news in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And the news this week is uh, the Unearthed Arcana that came out. Um, and so this one caught me by surprise. And I don't know why, because if you follow all of the different uh, class releases, this is what was left, maybe? I'm not, I don't really know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't been paying attention like I should have. But we got uh, Bard and Warlock. And these are uh, spooky. So we have like the College of Spirits and the Warlock the Undead. Uh, Mr. Lucian, what did you think about these? Did anything spark your interest? <laughs> yeah, I did see. Now, I'm a huge Warlock fan for sure. So anytime Warlock anything comes out, I'm like, I'm locked in. Because of mm. all the classes, I feel like it's one of the most creative classes that they have out there. Mechanic-wise, narrative-wise, and things you can do. Um, bards, I'm just, it's the one class I never play and never dive into too much. I know you love a bard I do love quite bards. a bit. So to me, but I like the idea that they were talking about, um, finding information out from talking to spirits. That's kind of a cool thing. And then the, having an undead patron, I mean, who, who wouldn't as a warlock who wants power to somehow make a pact with a ultra powerful lich to get some juice to really be able to do something. Right. So that Lich makes total training. sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That total makes sense to me. Um, I did like how Jeremy said in the video too, a little bit that they were looking to expand some of the Gothic horror style possibilities that they've had that all the other subclasses, they either some of them have, or they've been introducing in the UA article, which makes me wonder if we're going to get some type of Gothic horror style, uh, campaign book at some point pretty soon too i wonder so they've been perkins has hinted at it uh jeremy just said another thing in it that made me think about it and he kind of referenced these as being gothic spooky horror things that they wanted to do for these two classes so yeah well what you think? we had the we had the uh the fae barbarian like they had that back in the day and they had a bunch of other stuff um these were older subclasses, but I, the more I research this, I think we're going to be getting a uh, manual of the planes, but it's going to have extra information on it. And then mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know, part of me is wondering if uh, this is going to be the last yeah. Forgotten Realms adventure. And then going forward, they're going to break out into, you can have extra planar adventures and all this other stuff. So I'm not really sure. I, I liked the, uh, the bard. Um, it felt a little like the, uh, wild mage sorcerer with that random bard or it's called the spirits tales and you you roll randomly on that to get various things but you could get uh like whoever you 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 know designate as the recipient of this they can breathe fire um they can i don't know just like all these crazy things they make a straight saving throw i don't know like there was a lot of weird crazy stuff that i'm like this is really powerful but you can't control it and I'm all about random. I like random, but it's still kind of like, I don't know. So, it's like uh, that wild magic table for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like wild magic table. But uh, Alan, what would you think? Well, yes. One of, my, one, of my, one of my favorite mechanics in the game is the wild magic search table. I have taken it and I have a D300 wild magic search table that I've made all 300 individual ones of to where I just love it so much. Uh, um, <laughs> so as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, oh. Yes, this is great. This is great. And then, but the coolest part where I think you can control just a little bit because you, you do this thing and you, and you tell the story and you know what this is going to be and then you can use it on what you want to use it on, which oh, is another okay. 
interesting part because it's random. But then when you choose to enact it is you're, you're already in control of that. And you could choose. Uh, so you have a heads up of what this random thing you have for the day is, which was really interesting. And it scales with the dice of your bardic dice, which is yeah. a random scaling mechanic. I, I, I That blew my mind. I was uh, like, yeah, you're right. Crazy. I'm reading, I'm rereading this now. And it says like, you retain the tail in your mind until you bestow the tail's effect. So is this something you right. do when you wake up is the idea? And then you're just like, oh, yeah. I have this long rest. Yeah. I have this friend's tail and then I can, I can yes. utilize that somehow during the day. That could be cool. And then that's like another level of my favorite thing is that the role play, like the mechanics of this character inspire and almost force you unless the dm's like oh this is your story okay i tell a story about a boy okay you know just like wave Mm -hmm. i would be like what's that story though i don't know you know so uh uh, cool role play moments like you wake up and you tell this story this haunted story that you just had from the spirit bard and then now you know i can use this some point in the day and then throw it down so that's so crazy and that's also a fun mechanic for i like to make custom magical items and you could definitely be like here's a, a scrying orb or a crystal ball or something or like mm-hmm. a knuckle bone of an old friend and that gives you advantage on that roll and so you could roll yep. twice and take the one you want for the day and that could be a lot of fun yeah. and keep in mind when it says spirits jeremy had mentioned too that it's not just like dead spirits it could be right. nature spirits it could be some type of abyssal spirit or angelic spirit there's a lot of things yeah. you can twist around with that it doesn't just have to be the idea that you're talking to somebody from the past that's that's died yeah. So well, if your players keep that in mind, they can really bring something to the table. Well, and kind of like what you were saying, Lucy, and it's like uh, bards have always been like, oh, silly music players, silly mm-hmm. song singers, dancer. Like this makes gives them a little bit of like, oh, no, we're a spooky bard, like a haunted. Yeah, yeah. Seances. Like, can, yeah, yeah. Ouija board. Yeah. Ouija so, I, mean, I think boards, that's a really cool go. direction you can take. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah. And the Warlock uh, – it's funny because I was putting on Twitter that I'm like, this is way too similar to the undying warlock Um, in spell selection and stuff, not really in abilities, but they're both like, if you're an undying warlock, you have uh, like a lich as a patron. And if you're the undead warlock, you have a lich as a patron or a strahd or something like that. So it's kind of interesting that that a lot of people were saying they were like remaking the undying warlock, which uh, am I wrong? Is the undying warlock from the sword coast adventures guide? I forget. I think yes yeah i think i think so too and i think it's just always gotten uh, crapped on for being just bad or underwhelming and, underwhelming uh, for sure yeah yeah and this so is I, very like it's a great fix <laughs> uh if this is what it's it is crazy. this whole like it's the crazy. form of dread and like temporary <laughs> hit points and spectral Whoa. forms and like going all over the place uh it's one of those things where we talk about power creep a lot with fifth edition because they've been very careful to not like do this but at the same time, uh, like Xanathar's ranger subclasses kind of fixed a bunch of other ranger problems. And I'm like, is this going to fix some other stuff that you've released? Or are we reworking that? I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, this was uh, this was a really cool idea. And I definitely because oh, I think man. your like level 14 ability with the undying warlock is like if you lose an arm, you can reattach it. But this one, you're like flying around and you can be outside of your body and do all these like really yeah. cool things and it's i don't know i yeah. was like well that's way cooler than just my arm fell off which doesn't yeah, it's happen in like, fifth edition a lot yeah it's almost like bringing in poltergeist and um exorcists and and the the scarier movie effects that you get from scary movies whereas the the other one was more zombie like like you were almost had some of the abilities of a zombie or things that w- 
that are you're able to use and you are zombie like. So it is cool to see this is more of like the specter or the ghost or the, you know, the, the, uh, what's those movies they've been doing a bunch of them where it's, you know, people in their house and they're getting terrorized by, you know, some crazy ghosts and all oh, they, the they set up all their movie? cameras. Or, yeah. Like all the yeah. paranormal movies all of a sudden, or I think that's what it was. Yeah. Paranormal I don't activity. watch horror movies cause I'm, yeah. <laughs> paranormal activity. You know? <laughs> maybe no, we'll get one that's like gives you vampire like stuff. Or maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. get one that gives you like, you know, uh, lycanthropy Ooh. or some well, stuff. That was the cool part about it is it, it says uh, uh, one of the cool flavor things is you, you take on the appearance of your patient into your undying form. Yeah, or would be more or a vampiric or like a, literally undead like. So I think that's like a vampire bat. Like a yeah, yeah. Or that scene like in uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> when the ship bat. finally comes up and you have, you know, some of them really crazy looking ghost like zombie like pirates they're just there's a lot of stuff you can run with that in your games oh it's yeah pretty cool. that's so, so cool and then my jaw literally dropped when it said at 10th level you like explode on death and revive yourself yes. I was like Wait corpse explosion yeah. what <laughs> self corpse explosion like yeah. oh my god that's crazy yeah and then uh. i think the the manual of the planes that i feel like we're gonna get uh this just feels like a shadow fell subclass for these two and so I don't know. I'm wondering if that's what's going to come. But yeah, I uh, I would love that. I like I like the stuff that could be beneficial for you or also hurt your party. So that mortal husk of exploding, it's just like yeah. creatures around you, you know, could take some damage. And so it's like I don't want to be next to the warlock when he dies. It's kind of spooky. Well, and I think it's interesting too that you can control it. And I'd almost be mm-hmm. like, I met, it might be more interesting if you couldn't control it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, it's about to go step. down. Yeah. Get out of there. Whoa. <laughs> it's just like a, yeah, like a, yeah, a so just a bomb that's ready to go off. It's kind of fun. Um, oh, overall, sure. really cool. They, they're they mm-hmm. doing a really good job with a lot of these uh, unearthed arcanas. Uh, the, the undead being a little too similar to the undying, but maybe, like we said, they're going to fix that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're, we're hopefully we'll get another book announcement before the end of the year and we'll have more. Well, and the Warlock spell with. selection is not gigantic by any means. It's not like the wizard list and it's not like the, mm. the sorcerer list. It's a much smaller list. So if they're creating some classes where they've got to pick a set, it's going to be a much more overlapping set because they just didn't build as many Warlock spells as they did everything else. Yeah. I, yeah, there you go. Uh, Lucian keeps us informed on the Dragon Plus videos all the time because I always forget yeah. to watch them. So what's going on there? Sir? Yeah. So they, uh, Bart Carroll and um, Jeremy Crawford, they always do there. So they, the first half of the video or at least 20-ish minutes, I think it was 30-ish minutes, uh, they talk about some of the feats which we were talking about in the UA article from uh, a couple weeks ago and we talked about it in our show last week. And then they finished up with some of those feats and then they started talking about these two subclasses. What I like about the video is it always gives us the insight of where Wizards of the Coast was thinking while they were building it. I only got through a part of it. I've still got to watch the rest of it today because I didn't get to it uh, until this morning as I was looking at it. But you get a real good feel about why they were thinking about the design decision and where it was coming from. So if you at least want to know what they thought as they made it, whether they successfully did what they wanted or not, um, you can at least see what, you know, what kind of where they were coming from. And if you're a designer, somebody who builds homebrew stuff, Watch that because you can kind of see how they're designing things, you know, in on the fly, and you can just take that and run with it for all your games and all your stuff too. So yeah, it really helps to understand because a lot of times they publish something and you're like, where did that that came out of left field? But then they talk about it yeah. and they're like, oh, I okay, that that was yeah. your mindset 
to do, you know, this. Uh, right. They because everyone reads it and they're like, well, they're not doing what I was thinking about, and that's right. the whole, well, they're not you. So there you go. Um, so that, yeah, really so interesting stuff. Good. And I would agree, especially if you're if you're like I have a couple friends that are trying to make a superhero hack of D and D, where they want to use the fifth edition system, but you they want you know superheroes and. Uh, <laughs> Rather than just like reflavoring a barbarian, it's like, how can I use that structure to actually make a unique class that feels superhero like? Uh, and watching those videos is a great way to do it because you kind of understand, like, oh, that's the way they want to go. And power wise, this feels like a 10th level thing rather than an eighth level thing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they will talk about balance and stuff and how to keep it balanced so it doesn't get out of hand. As much as it, like you said, power creep is happening, yeah. they still are doing a pretty good job of balancing the game for the most part. Um, we got a new D&D themed product called the Great Dalmudi, and I don't know what this is. I was hoping one of you guys did. <laughs> nope. Nope. There you go. So apparently yeah. it's a fast paced card game uh, uh, and it, it's an older game that they're putting a D&D spin on. So it'll have some like Forgotten Realms characters and things like that, I think. Uh, I don't I don't really know much about it, but like the art's really cool. Uh, anyway, and yeah, so that's coming too. out October ish. Um, yeah, it's got like a card called the Spinner that looks kind of like Lolf, um, and a, a, just a, a Rat Catcher that looks like a Kobold or a Dragon or something. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just a game. They're doing this before. We saw that they did uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill with a D and D theme. Um, Clue. They've got a board game not coming Clue. out. Uh, yeah. Was it Clue? Yeah, it was Clue. They did a D and D themed Clue. Um, and the, anyway, yeah, and they got that uh, that adventure board game coming out. So Wizards of the Coast is uh, keeping up with their intellectual properties and using them to the fullest extent that they have possible. Uh, yeah. yeah. At the I, bottom there, uh, there were notes. I threw in just a couple of quick, quick news items out there for some of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idol champions is that steam game that a lot of us play. They have the D and D characters that get put into it. So any of you that are out there playing, you can get Omen drawn this week. So if you want acquisitions incorporated founder in your team, definitely go over to Idol champions and play out through the campaign to at least get him, you got to play through one mission of 50 levels, and then you got Omen drawn in your list, which is super cool. I saw a really cool uh, – Coville did a trap video that uh, – Coville's videos I love. I'm such a huge super fan of Coville that anytime he puts anything up, I love to go out there and look at because he has the best presentation of explaining his ideas of anybody I've seen. Like when he talks about something, I'm just like I'm, I'm in – in, wrapped in what he's talking about. So this, it's a good, I don't put a lot of traps in my campaigns, but he talks about that. And he alpha also uh, references a third edition book that you can go and take a look at, which I'm sure Jordan has taken a look at before it's out on DM's uh, Guild. And then the last one is Alexis plays Starfinder. If you have an Alexa this in your house, yeah. apparently you can play the, the role-playing game Starfinder, which I played at Gen Con this last couple of weeks uh, you can play a game. It's got like 13 hours of gameplay. They recorded 120 hours of voice acting. Nathan Fillion's in it. Laura Bailey's in it. I'm going to do it. You can do it even if you don't have an Alexa. I think you can download something on your Windows PC that will allow you to say, Alexa, I want to play uh, Starfinder, and it'll just pop right up and get going, and, and wow. you can go through an adventure. I don't know how you create a character. I don't know how you make decisions, but I'm just like, I'm all about trying to figure this thing out. If you ever short a player, just buy, <laughs> buy a robot. So is it like That's a crazy. choose your own adventure, basically? I'm guessing, yeah. Okay. I, I'm thinking, yeah, I think if they're describing the scene, 
And then at some point they're going to say something. And because Alexa can do things with command words nowadays, or even Google and all those other things that we mm-hmm. talk to on our phones, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna be able to say, well, let's go down the left corridor. And then it's going to, yeah. then that's going to trigger it to do its thing. And we have basically, like you said, a verbal read, you know, read your own adventure thing. Remember when they used, that's when I found D and D the first time I played a game, I couldn't find anybody else that played it or knew about it. The only thing I could find to satisfy I have to play this game is I went to the library and I found those books where you'd start to read your own adventure and be like, okay, take page 55. Okay. I go down this corridor now page 72, you know, that was the only thing I could get until I could find somebody that could DM a game for me as my 10 year old self. So uh, (laughs) it's funny that this is kind of coming back to that. And I, and it's got like Nathan Fillion. I'll listen to anything Nathan Fillion's in or Laura Bailey's in. So uh, Pretty do cool. You, do you, Lucian, you're old. Do you remember? I am. <laughs> do you remember the uh, the old uh, text adventures on PCs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So immediately, I was what? thinking of that. Uh, I I'm not super familiar with them, but I watched a documentary uh, in. It came out in 2010, and it's called Get Lamp because you would mm-hmm. type yeah. things like that. You would Get be in lamp. a room, and it's like <laughs> the, it, in text, it would say like, "Hey, there's a lamp. There's this," and then you would be like, "Uh, like touch lamp or do this," and it would kick back things. I wonder if, I mean, this feels like an experiment or like an homage back to that. This is like the next level. Yeah. So if it says, hey, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know. I want to like walk up the stairs. Oh, you walk up the stairs. Now you see this. Only they're doing it with full voice actors and stuff. Kind of cool. How on on earth would you program that in a world of infinite possibilities and what they do? Well, there's a lot of like repeats where it's just like, not not I don't know how to do that, but like that doesn't work is what you would get. And that was the joke is I, and that's why this documentary was called get lamp because that was the joke (laughs) is one of the command words wasn't like pick up the lamp or touch the lamp. It was called get lamp. And they're like, really? I had to type that in order to get through the game. Um, But yeah. Good documentary about the history of of well, text adventures were influenced heavily by D anD D, so you should you should check out that if you're interested. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's somewhere. I don't know where. I just remembered this, but uh, <laughs> I think that's that's it's really cool. Th- Thirteen hours of gameplay with this Alexa thing. So, um, and everybody listening to the show right now with speakers in your living room, uh, turn up the volume, and I'm going to say, Alexa, play Starfinder. Now your Alexa's going to go off and it's going to be really funny. You know, Just waiting, like that. Like, uh, that uh, um, now you're playing. That South Park yeah. episode. Really good. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I might, I don't have an Alexa. I have the, the Google, but that'd be fun. So those are the last three quick items I wanted to throw out there for those of you. Uh, so go get Omen drawn, go play some Starfinder with Alexa and uh, you should be good. That should take up the rest of your weekend. So Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, which brings us to our next little section of the show, which is called, oh, I don't even have it ready. Oh, Hold my on. God. I'm sitting here waiting. Uh, I got to download this. I got to download this. I'm so bad. Where are we keeping it? Where we I have this it? show that Lucian created and Jordan hated originally, but I think he's there growing it into it. Okay. I'm, I'm stalling, so he's ready. I, I need to download the thing. All right, so this is Bardic Inspiration. And uh, Alan, you couldn't hear that, but we're playing some uh, (laughs) playing some silly music. I'm going to download that right now. We had a fan uh, create a couple of MIDI uh, songs for us in our channel, so we always had we always wanted like a little cut scene or like a little radio bumper for Bardic Inspiration. A little did a little ditty, (laughs) little little song, yeah, a little bard music. Uh, So thank you again, Taylor, for making those for us. They're really fun. (laughs) Uh, This is just uh, it's really simple. It's just kind of something that inspired us. 
uh, recently. This week. Maybe you're this week. Yeah. So you're walking and you're just like, oh my gosh, like the sun. I'm going to do a whole encounter on the sun. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, Mr. Allen. Did you have a bardic inspiration? (laughs) Just going to throw him right in. Wow. Something crazy. Because then. I'm going to give him an example. No, no examples. Not at all. (laughs) No, like I think the the first thing that popped in my head is it's kind of like a backwards inspiration. So this might not count. You might shoot it down. And I've failed my first attempt here but uh, did y'all ever play <laughs> did y'all ever play the phone game clash royale i know no, but i've not. seen the commercials for it yeah. okay there's a card in that game called a giant skeleton and mm-hmm. it's my wife's favorite card because me and my wife play the game together so that's our that's our gaming nerd time uh and that's about as much of a nerd as she gets after that that's that's it <laughs> um and we played dandy one time she played dandy with me one time and i was like oh my god what do you want to be she's like i want to be a giant skeleton which basically is a huge skeleton that whenever it dies, it explodes. So this new bar, this new undying warlock <laughs> is now the class my wife should have been because I homebrewed this druid that could shapeshift into undead things and then explode whenever it dies and all this stuff. But now it should have been this warlock. So that's kind of like a backwards inspiration that the warlock yeah. class inspired me to be what I could have, should have done back then. So that was a cool... I do like the idea that you created a class so that your wife would play D and D with you. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> like she loves animals, and then apparently she wanted to explode when she died. So I was like, yeah. okay, Druid, I guess. <laughs> Let's go. I love that. No, that so, yeah. reminds. Yeah, like my my wife wanted to be a vampire the first time we played D and D, and I'm like, that doesn't really work. <laughs> like, and so Jordan uh, shut her down. You're like, well, nope, you can't be one. <laughs> I wasn't running the game, so but like they ultimately convinced her that they're like you could think you're a vampire even though you're this human, and so she's like, okay, I'll go along with that. You can cosplay it. The very first uh, combat we got into, she's like, well, we were fighting goats or something. You're level one, and she's like, well, uh, I think I'm a vampire. I'm gonna like attack its neck. I'm gonna do whatever, and she's like, and the DM's like, okay, like go ahead and roll. And she rolls a nat 20, and they're like, okay, yeah, you just, like, demolished this goat, and blood's going everywhere. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, do we trust her? Like, what are we doing? This is crazy. She's biting goats. Who but, uh, invited her? That's the beauty of D&D, is you kind of just like, I, yeah, we could try and make that work, I guess. I don't know. And oh, Yeah, now, now that 5th edition's been out for a while, there's all these, like, vampire subclasses and things like that. And like you said, with this, uh, the undead warlock, that's exactly what your wife wanted to play. Like now we're, we're kind of getting into the realm that you could do that. I, so. I'll give you my story. I got my wife to play one time. We played uh, Numenera, but I, it was a fantasy version of it. And I created classes for everybody because nobody had played the game. So I just handed them out character classes as they told me, what things do you like to do? Like, I want to shoot a bow. And I'm like, okay, here's this one. And here's this mm, one. My wife's yeah. just like, just whatever. She didn't want to play, but it was her friends that we brought over. So I gave her the barbarian like character. And as the game went on, she got madder and madder about not being able to do what she wanted to do until she would explode and just attack everything. I'm like, you're playing the character perfectly. Your rage has <laughs> destroyed everything. And it was really funny at the end of it. It was just, she would just attack anything on site because she was just mad at it. I was like, okay, she played the one session. We're good. <laughs> got it. Check that box. Nice. All good to go. So that's a pretty good bardic inspiration. I think that works I like out. Did, yeah. uh, Okay. I see something here from Jordan's. I have a pretty good one uh, this time around, but go ahead, Jordan. All right. Yeah. Um, I So uh, for those of you who don't know, I wrote an adventure a long time ago for the DMs Guild called Dragon on the Mount, um, and it just went platinum, which is really exciting. We sold a bunch of uh, copies of it. It's only a dollar. It's, nice, it's fun. Man. You should go check it out. Uh, no pressure. Uh, most of you probably <laughs> already have, but uh, I've been 
long term yeah. wanting to write a sequel. And now that it was like, oh, wow, like it just kind of popped back into my newsfeed. I'm like, I should work on that sequel. So I've been making maps recently and in my spare time and things like that uh, when I should be working when I'm not working. Um, but uh, I was thinking a lot about Limbo. And uh, Limbo is a really mm-hmm. interesting plane because uh, everything, all states of matter in Limbo are changing from one thing to the next. So you have fire that's turning into a rock that turns into a bird that turns into water that goes back into like plasma. And then all of a sudden it's a tree and uh, everything's just chaotic and random. And so what I was thinking, and I was kind of borrowing that, not borrowing, but I was like, I want to use this in my adventure somehow is what if limbo is leaking into the real world? And if limbo is leaking into the real world, wouldn't it be fun to have a, uh, like a D 100 chart that you could roll on to be like, here's the random thing that's happening around you. Uh, and it, kind of reminds me of the chaotic waves that I have in my Rod of Seven Parts campaign, uh, which is my second edition campaign that I'm running, where whenever they use this uh, weird chaotic uh, artifact, uh, things can happen. And I haven't made a table for it, but I I do, like, whenever we roll in a certain percentage, I'm like, okay, things are more chaotic or less chaotic. And uh, I've had, you know, like, hair turn into snakes and, like, candles turn into bats. And so I'm thinking... I don't know. I want to, I want to do that. And I want to have a limbo leaking into the world. And what would that look like? Uh, so that's my next project is I think I want to write a, uh, like a hundred different weird things. And so when you roll a natural one or you roll a 20 or something, uh, maybe that's something you could roll on like a wild magic table that would then, I'm going to send you mine right now. Oh, do it. Yeah. (laughs) Send me an email. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Just to cherry pick some little things from the 300 things. I I love that. I love that. Here's the thing to take that if you want to simplify it, mm-hmm. you have three possibilities and it's just, it's changing the state of matter. So either yeah. something goes from solid to liquid or liquid to gas and you don't have to say anything else. You just pick one thing. So if you're in a room in a 30 foot range, everything that's wood just turned to watered wood, like uh-huh. wood that's actually in the liquid form and everything falls or drops. Or yeah. All of a sudden it's a gas and everything's moving around. Or I think that'd be really interesting for your, for your players that like that scientific stuff that's going on that gets really weird on them all of a sudden. like you know. The thing the thing you just made me think of is like, so I don't know how many dice would be, I'd have to run all the scenarios, but it would be like to leave creative room for the DM. You could have roll it and it would be solid to gas would be one option. Solid to liquid would be another option. Liquid to gas, liquid to solid. And like something changes to one of the other two. So I guess that'd be what, D6 or something? But you'd roll it and then whatever's happening, what would be cool for a gaseous to turn into, you know, that, that's yeah. really cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. you could have like Limbo. three different charts and it's just like, okay, it went from uh, solid to liquid. Now I rolled on my liquid chart and it went from <laughs> a table to like lava or something, you know, and you could like have a whole different chart. Uh, it makes me think of, there's a book, a really, it's a fun book that I really enjoy called uh, John Dies at the End. Not mm-hmm. D&D related at all, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. And they made a movie out of it. What? But there's a great, and spoilers, it's called John Dies at the End. So there's, there's a character <laughs> named John. Um, Spoiled it in the title. But in uh, in that book, they're talking to a girl that has asked them for supernatural help. And they're trying to like figure out all this stuff. And uh, the the beauty of the book is it's worded just so simplistically that oftentimes you're reading and you have to like stop and back up. You're like, did I you're like you do a double take while you're reading? 
And I remember I was reading and they they turned to this girl because they kind of realized something's fishy about her. And they're just like, we're understanding that maybe you're a little. And then the next sentence is she burst into snakes. And then it just keeps going. And you're like, what? And that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about where you're just like, oh, yeah, like my tape snakes everywhere. So Anyway, Limbo. I've been thinking a lot about Limbo and slods are really interesting. Lots of cool monsters you can use. Uh, Fun stuff. Um, Mr. Cool. Lucian, what a what bardic inspiration do you have for this? Well, week? this was a bardic inspiration from our Discord. We had a lot of discussion about pets over the last week, and oh. everybody was giving their ideas about how to make pets cool and how to do some things with that. And then my inspiration came from the idea of why don't we just have a full-on book where pets get their own class? You can choose like species and stuff that have subspecies and then they get something from that. They get a background, they get classes and they can multi-class. So they have their whole thing. So all of a sudden they're just like a full on character and they're ready to go. And I'm sure the first thought people would be like, oh, that'd be too powerful. But every D&D adventure I've played so far, we've always had an NPC running around with us that we picked up in the adventure and then they kind of follow us along and do stuff with us. So they all have abilities and they all have stuff they can do. So why, why not the pet who, you know, has all these cool things that could do something really fun. I think the players would really get into that. So I thought that'd be fun to create a full on set of 12 classes that a pet could choose and then there'd be subclasses in within those. So you could have, you know, like a, a barbarian mastiff that is Ooh, your uh, <laughs> that yeah. is your pet. And then what type of barbarian mastiff is it? You know, is it like, a, you know, you just create all these. But I would probably create things that are all different instead of, you know, the same as the player classes, but something very similar. So that was my bardic inspiration. There's a couple you, RPGs out there like that, too. You just bardically inspired me. Um, <laughs> I I have the two two ideas that I had that I've never I've never shared this anybody before, but you just made me think of it. Um, I want to make a subclass, whether it's for a ranger or for something else, or just like you said, you can almost tack it on to anybody, and they could just like stop getting their features and start getting these. Uh, just like a you know, ooh, that's just another idea, like a universal subclass that can be attached to anybody with this pet. Anyway, that you can actually have it to where your pet is stronger than you. Yeah. I like, like it. it's actually more of a beast than you are. And then now, yeah, you have yeah. to be careful on the battlefield. And as everybody's leveling up, this thing's leveling up and it's awesome. It's tearing things up, but you got to be careful because you're just still. But the weakness is you. Yeah. The weakness. Yeah. Is, yeah. Cause everything has to have kind of a downside to it or they, they right. can't do everything themselves, but yeah, they could. Right. And that's like playing Pokemon at that point. Right. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And that's, I think I was cool. And that's like Bardic inspiration in real time was right there as three or four ideas popped up. You know, you're already thinking about the next thing. That's what I really liked about the whole thing. There was a good discussion on there about pet stuff and how you could do pet stuff. And I know players love to think about pet things. We love getting loot and we love thinking about how we can have pets and things running around with us. Because just look at all the MMOs we play and everybody has all that stuff too. And um, Having cool mounts and things like that. You could have a fun uh, sub game or something. So let's say your Mm -hmm. main party gets captured but all of your pets and your familiars are running around and they're, and so then you there, your next game is you are playing those to like <laughs> set your main characters free. Yes. Um, so and yes. I was, yeah. And again, like this is why I love Bardic Inspiration. Cause we always think that's, that's a million dollar Kickstarter. You call it familiar right adventures yeah. and it's all about getting pets and having your pets like break you out of. Yeah. So uh, internet, the, that one's now, free. Uh, for anybody want to play Pugmire, Pugmire is Pugmire, a, yeah. you play as a, you know, like a dog person or a cat person or a bird person or something like that. And they deal with, 
you know, that kind of uh, secrets of Nim kind of storytelling yeah. of stuff, which is really cool. So what's the mice what mouse guard? That's what I said. Mouse guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pugmire, mouse guard, a couple of them are out there. So pretty good. So that's our Bardic inspiration for the day. Let us know about your Bardic inspiration out on the comments of the video. Once uh, Jordan posts it or come over to the discord and uh, join in on the conversation of all the cool pet. I- that was just my pet idea. They had a lot of other cool pet ideas about what they would do. Um, a lot of people were jumping in and chiming in on how they homebrew their pets for their campaigns or things that they've thought about or ways that they thought would make it really fun and cool for people to play. So that was, that was the pet discussion for the week. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's super fun. Uh, and then, yeah, Alan, mostly right now we just talk about like games that we're running and uh, games that we are in and things like that. Uh, because, I don't know, we're always learning as Dungeon Masters and the idea is that uh, just what we were doing. Brainstorm back and forth and then you yeah, learn from each other. better dungeon, dungeon Master. Uh, you said you weren't running anything actively right now, correct? Right. Uh, but I, I, I thought about the, the cool last final nugget, which was Let's last do, week. Uh, yeah, just tell us about uh, games that you're running and, or games that you have run. Uh, but right. I, yeah, or just things you're looking forward to or anything, I guess. So the, the, I, to, to, in order for this to matter, I have to say it from the beginning, but the, don't worry, this is going to be quick. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire campaign. Well, here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, so how I do now uh, now, when I dungeon master now, how I do it is I don't have any predispositions coming into it. I have I'm ready for whatever they want, but our session zero, I make the world from there, and I make the story from there. I make the villain from there. I see what pieces they have, what cool things. I listen while we're playing, and then I create something from that. So you know, of the six players I had at the time, this oh, I'm I'm a dev- demon hunter. Oh, I'm a this or I'm a, and so like there's this like devilish theme so that's where that came from uh, but two of the players were warlocks and they wanted to be like connected and si- twin sisters and all this kind of stuff um they wanted to be these like like super sketchy like drug dealer type you know high schoolers they they're, they're em- angsty or uh what emo or what's it called uh edgy that's the word edgy you wanted to be edgy tieflings of course too edgy tiefling drug dealers right um <laughs> I was like, okay, well, there's some themes here. Make sure to be <laughs> uh, high school, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, their big boss person, the person that they were working for and doing all these things for, he'd give them missions to go be skeezy and mean and nasty and do these things. That was the boss of the campaign. So they didn't know that they were actually helping and helping the, the villain of the entire, the BBEG the whole time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to teach them not to be, selfish evil people right and then mm-hmm. all these different times these bad things would happen this town would get destroyed and they're like man like we keep screwing things up and then they finally realize oh my god we're work we are feeding the fire to this thing that's happening over here it's us causing oh no so that was really cool to have them realize that and finally come full circle and then try to undo all the things that they themselves did so uh that was always cool and maybe learn a lesson a real life lesson about don't be a jerk uh, yeah. <laughs> in the process <laughs> Real life lessons. In and it sounds to me like you're very like I, uh, Jordan, when I first met Jordan, Jordan was only playing games um, pretty much at his table. So is that the only way you're playing games? Have you tried any online role playing games as far as or playing uh, people together most on of the time. Roll 20 and stuff? Um, my main campaign, my three year campaign that ended uh, right before the everything, uh, everything else ended. Um, uh, mm-hmm. That that was all a table in person. 
Uh, most of the time, even table in person. The high school group is like an after school uh, in like the like D&D club type situation in person uh, or at a track meet when the track meet's done and we're sitting around just verbal D&D and it up and everyone's like, what are they doing? That's always fun. Uh, I did roll 20 for the first time and I, I, I definitely liked it. And in, in this setting right now, I definitely want to keep going with it. I did two different two shots just to kind of mm-hmm. play around in there. And I, I loved, I loved it. So my next campaign probably will be roll 20 once I can kind of get ahead with this whole thing and figure out my time schedule Very cool. and stuff. Well, if but you yeah, need a player, sure. uh, just keep me in mind because what you're talking about <laughs> sounds pretty fun. Done. Right. <laughs> Done. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Lucian specifically right is like, he's he's all about the online. Uh, I love it. I'm curious, when you play at the table, uh, do you do miniatures? Do you build terrain and things like that? Or is it all kind of theater of the mind? Oh, we're going to get a camera. I got a lot of miniatures Ooh, on nice. the walls all over here. Uh, some over there as well, up on the top. So yeah, I... I Miniature. Oh God. Oh God. Uh, I do miniatures. I've, I've probably spent too much money on miniatures. Uh, now all of that money goes into the you know YouTube stuff to try and get, get it because there is no physical playing anymore. Uh, but yeah, I got maps, miniatures. Cool. I got, get cardboard and like hot glue and spray paint it and stuff. So yeah, I do a lot of the, the physical props and um, yeah, miniatures. Very cool. That's my, the one thing that Roll20 brings style. that I love the most is that dynamic lighting. So that oh the my player gosh, can yes. only see so what cool. the play, their character can see. And we're playing so a Dungeon cool. of the Mad Mage. And it makes it so much fun to be able to go through and not know what's around corners, what's being drawn next until your character actually yeah. and stuff. So that's the one thing I like a lot about it. And the idea that in a pandemic, you still can play your campaign without, yes, without totally a hitch, normal. basically. Right. Yeah. right. So well, and cool. the, on the dynamic lighting, you might like this, Lucien, um, is I had a mechanic in a game that we played a role. It was the big final boss fight of that two shot. I said, uh, for a group of friends, and there was a, a layer action explosion that happened from a light source. There's only one light source in the whole room. Mm-hmm. And there was an explosion that happened and it could move around like the person was holding it. So if you could see it and you, you had to get to the shadows before it happened and then woof, yeah. uh, every single round. So you had to kind of move and then, uh, yeah. So it was pretty cool to see, to use the dynamic lighting and mechanic where you might not, like put it center stage into a combat. So I love that stuff. Very cool. Super fun. One of the map things that I've been playing around with, uh, which I have to move my computer here. uh, Dungeon (laughs) draft. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of dungeon draft, but they have really cool light things too. So you could actually make an entire map that's like dark. And then when they activate lights in a certain order, you could make another map that has all of these cool light points that create shadows and stuff. Mm. And then online or even you could print it out and then just lay the new map down. But uh, that's what I'm enjoying online about. And I don't run in Roll20. We do Theater of the Mind with my online game. But I definitely want to, now that I'm playing with these tools to make maps and stuff, I'd want to run more online games because Roll20 is really good to, it's just fun to see your character, I guess, and move it around. And like, I can't really yeah. see around the corner. Uh, but, right. you know, when you play at the table, you're like, you didn't draw around the corner because they're not there yet. But anyway. Yeah. And, <laughs> and D&D is very tactical. Players are constantly looking at how, am I 30 feet away? Am I, am I 60 right. feet? Am I within range right. of my thing? Am I, and they're trying to draw it out and figure it out. So when they finally get something that's not theater of the mind, they can really do some fun tactical stuff. But theater of the mind right. also just lets you, you know, kind of um, make sure things are running smoothly and quickly. So 
I always felt like if you're drawing stuff out and you're using the maps, you're going to slow your game down a little bit in combat situations. Be ready for that. Theater of the mind, if you want to keep things moving along, is great. If you want to keep a good, speedy game where you don't want to really bog down in the, you know, moving the, each square and then measuring out and all that stuff. But it is fun for those people that love the tactical side of it. Uh, I, I, I'm curious, you did a three-year campaign. How? What level did you guys end on? Oh, uh, 20 for sure. 20. Nice. Yeah. They, they got to, they got to 20. That was cool. That was, uh, what were you uh, throwing at them by that time? Oh, uh, well, okay. So the final boss fight is, if this makes sense in this homebrew level 20 campaign, uh, the final boss fight was a lich. I know. Okay. okay, (laughs) Classic lich. Right. Um, (laughs) I didn't know at the time I was like, yeah, it's going to be from the beginning. I was uh, at the start. I was like, yeah, it's, Blah, blah, blah. And he had this reason. It was a very emotional, like Thanos type villain reason. So anyway, uh, he was a lich that was trying to revive his daughter. That's why he tried to look into how to manipulate life. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so the big finale boss fight was a lich who then turned an ancient red dragon into a lich that was his mount. So it was a lich riding a Draco lich mount um, that had un- undeads coming along who also through some sources, some blood magic was uh, throughout the throughout the campaign that they were getting hunted by these people that would take their blood like voodoo, like like voodoo doll style, and they recreated the players in these bloody evil versions of the players. So there's this like almost homunculus, nasty versions of the players that they had to fight off as well during all of that. Um, and then there was this black fog that kept rolling in that gave the bad guys a lot of good stuff inside the black fog, and. Inside of all of that, the daughter of the Lich was trapped in a time bubble that was that the Chronomancy Wizard homebrew uh, level twenty person was trying to rewind and undo. So yeah, that was the big finale nice. <laughs> boss fight. Uh, That's awesome. That sounds epic. Man, it was it was nuts. So yeah, That's really cool. very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Lucian, the, just, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay. So just because I was I was already there, and and uh, another little thing. Uh, for you guys since your girl is just bardic inspiring me so much um <laughs> uh the druid in that group ended up being a triple multi-class that's a whole nother long story but he could shapeshift into elementals and he shapeshifted into a radiant elemental and encompassed and engulfed the paladin and like almost like transformers style like power rangers almost <laughs> like radiant elemental encompassed the paladin who turned into like asimar paladin angelic form so like they'd merged to be one to combat the this black darkness and stuff too. So it was, man, it was just such a cool thing to uh, relive. So thanks for letting me relive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, that's the, that's the fun about D and D. Um, we, we missed Gen Con this year because of the virus, obviously, but uh, Lucian ah. and I, that's our favorite thing is I I'll sit down with people that I barely know, but we all know we play RPGs, you know, and I'll just be mm-hmm. like, just right. like, what was something that you thought was really cool in your last game? And it's, it's the exact conversation. Like, yeah. You start talking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, and then the bear came, and it just turned into fire bear, and we were like, what? And I love it. I love hearing people's stories. It makes me so happy. Uh, yeah, that was Very awesome. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Lucian, uh, you got some games going on. What's going on with you? Yeah, playing some Dungeon of the Mad Mage with our Acquisitions Inc. slammed in there, so uh, we're just about to clear out level one of that, but we made dun, 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 level six in our characters, which is really cool. I needed those two extra points in my fighter to get my wisdom up so I could start to multi-class, my first multi-class character. In any campaign I've played so far, I've always played straight wow. classes, straight character all the way through. And this time I'm going to actually multi-class my uh, fighter, which is an arcane archer fighter, but I'm going to multi-class Ooh. into cleric. And I'm going to use cleric that's uh, worshiping 
the domain of Twilight, which is a UA article, Twilight Cleric. So uh, very cool. Nice. It's going to be super fun. We had some great fights and some good battles. We've got some good inner group tension going on at the moment um, with uh, some dynamics from our characters that are just super funny. And uh, it's funny because going down into a dungeon, we're, we're already just ramping up and we're having such a good time. Because we're, I think, at heart, a bunch of dungeon delvers. I know a lot of people like their campaigns. Maybe they like them in the open worlds. Maybe like like political intrigue. Maybe they like a city adventure or something like that. Maybe they want a high seas adventure. All that stuff's really good. Uh, like your, your Hot Springs Island was this cool chaotic island that things going on. Those are all cool. But boy, does my group right now that we're playing with, we're just dungeon delvers at heart. And we just want to go dungeon we want to go down as far as we can go and find as many things as we can find what a bring the traps and yeah just do everything and <laughs> it's really good so that's been really good um i'm getting close to wanting to start my campaign back up again revenor has been on my mind for a while um i've got some i realized what one of the things that stalled it obviously we talked about this last week was my job that i got and so the last six months i've been wrapping my head around that but the other thing that kind of I realized now that stalled my Revenor campaign out is when I created my Revenor campaign, I had six big overarching storylines that were happening no matter what the players were doing. And then my idea was is as these storylines were unraveling or things were being introduced, I would then try to adjust them depending on which ones the player touched. Maybe they only go after one of them. Maybe they somehow mess up one of the other ones. But, you know, there's things going on in the background that whether they're there or not are going to happen. What I realized is all six of them that I had introduced had all been introduced to the players. They've all interacted with them in some way. And now I need to figure out where to go from there because all of the beginning ideas I had have come to fruition and all that part has come up. What I haven't figured out is what to do after all of those things have happened. So now it's like, oh, that's probably the other reason I've stalled out a little bit and haven't ran it as much. So now I'm going to you know, circle back around and get that back going. Revenor is my campaign, which is my homebrew, but it's set in the continents across the ocean from the Forgotten Realms. So their characters were built and made and understood the Sword Coast but then they sailed across that great wide ocean, came to a whole new land, which is my homebrew land, um, which is where I'm doing all kinds of fun and crazy stuff. Hex crawl, um, you know, new races, new characters. Everything's topsy-turvy as far as how things work, what's evil, what's not evil, um, and all that. And I get to explore all kinds of cool stuff. So that's about ready to get ramped back up again because I'm ready to dive back into um, that whole storyline. And I just found it really fun. But then... I played that Delta Green game, and that was such a fun modern day role playing game that, and it was so easy to play with some, uh, you know, some D6 mechanics and um, being able to play like a US Marshal that's teaming up with a Parks and Recs officer and an FBI agent to go figure something out and all of a sudden get jumped by some type of Cthulhu type creature was just a crazy fun. <laughs> modern day adventure. And I'm like, I got to play more of those too. So I've got to come up with a way that I can play some of these other, these modern style games like the, the Cthulhu game or the uh, uh, Darky. Oh, and I've, then I also got this on a Kickstarter. So Lancer, Whoa, Lancer yeah, battle mech game that. that looks super cool. And you can use mechs and stuff to fight. Plus I already played Robotech. So that's got what? So now I'm like, now I got to play this game and I want to play some superhero RPGs. So I got to get RPGs back in my life. I'm just about done with 
I'm, I have a, I feel like I'm That's an so cool. expert in the software I was supposed to learn. So I'm feeling good about that. I think I'm ready to get back to the dungeon master and seat and out of just the player seat, which is what I've been in for the yeah. last six months or so. So that's what I've been doing. What about Jordan? Did we get any rods of seven parts? Did we get any wild mount stuff? Did we get any of your cool stuff going on? Oh, I see a lot uh, of head shaking. No, there was nothing. Uh, <laughs> it was really sad. It was a sad day of D&D week. Sad uh, week. We had to cancel. Well, there was a hurricane on the East Coast. Uh, so oh, my players right. didn't have power. Um, so we had to cancel um, Wednesday. Oh. And then uh, my my DM was camping. So I wasn't able to do that. Hmm. Uh, but it gave me a lot of time to prep and, and think about things uh and actually uh one of my players is visiting a friend who also streams uh on the internet and i think i'm i think we're gonna try and have a special guest for next week because uh, my my party is they came back so rod of seven parts they came back from um the the desert and they're back in Baldur's Gate, but Baldur's Gate they've sealed the undercity because uh and apparently an abyssal uh portal has opened and demons are spewing out. And so they're trying to be like, Oh, what do we do? Um, so they need to break in and somehow seal this portal. And I'm still trying to figure out like what's on the other side of that door. Like it literally could be just about anything at this point. Like it's the abyss. I could, I could make up a whole bunch of stuff. Wait, so how many uh, pieces of the rod do they have? Cause that's always what we need to know. Four. They've got five pieces. They've got five pieces of the rod now. They've wow. only attached oh, wow. three of them. They got to put all seven together <laughs> for cool things to happen. But I think they're scared to do that because the more they attach, the more powerful it gets and the more things are coming <laughs> at them. So it's kind of fun. Um, so I'm going to talk to, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to some people. We might have our first guest on Rod of Seven Parts. It should be a lot of fun um, this coming Wednesday. Uh, and then I will be wild mounting tonight. Josh A. the Wizard returns. Really excited for that. Uh, he's he's a fun character. My greedy wizard that I am going to start using the fabricate spell to make currency in the city that I'm at. So I'm like outsourcing my magic <laughs> for contractual like, oh, you need that lumber turned into this? I'll do that. I got fabricate. It's great. Um, I, like, I like things like that. And I like creating s- silly spells that... Or mm-hmm. like, yeah, I made a spell that, I don't know, creates cement so you can make a real easy, like, I don't know. It's just, that's how my brain works. I like d Fortif- weird ways. Fortification. Um, it was, and like a while world. ago, this may, Lancer made me think of this, but a while ago I was thinking about uh, a mech RPG because I, I think I was watching Gundam and I was really excited and uh, people on the internet pointed me to the mecha hack, which is yeah. a hack of the black hack, which is a hack of like some older D&D system. Uh, or maybe it was just free. I'm not sure. But Mecha Hack's really cool for simple stuff. But Lancer, I hear, is really good because you can like customize your mech and do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. You can yeah. be a different type of pilot. Uh, I'll have to check that out. So many yeah. RPGs to play. I still haven't played like 90% of the RPGs I own. But uh, Mr. Allen, the Dungeon Coach, That's cool. you. we were talking before the, the show started uh, that you primarily play D&D, but are there any other RPGs that you're interested in? Because once I started oh, down the D&D path, I was like obsessed with all these different RPGs. And now like I play, I want to play a ton. So, so uh, because of this conversation, I'm obsessed with Lancer and uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally everything else, the Cthulhu stuff. Like, yeah, so I want to play a Cthulhu game real there. bad. Like, I because and the the one time that I've been diverted in this way was I was able to be a player in the very few times that I ever get to be a player and it was going to be this post post apocalyptic world D and D but you had to explain everything through technology like you're going to cast you know so like uh, uh, Moonbeam or whatever it was a drone that I <laughs> shot on my back oh like, fun you know so like yeah that's the spell so it was cool um, that 
was like, oh, wow, there's so many possibilities here. And so he's talking about Lancer and this Gundam mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, I, it's never something that I've dived in down towards. And that's now another thing on my list of once I get ahead, <laughs> then once I get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I get really into uh, fantasy. I'd love to play all those role playing games. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's funny how much fantasy I play, and then I you think about superheroes or sci fi or like kids on bikes, know, it's, kids it's, on brooms, kids. kids in space. Well, yeah, you can do all these or Cthulhu. Like that's a whole mythos that I don't know anything about, and I would love right. somebody yeah. who's passionate about that to run a game for me because I think that's mm -hmm. when you get a really good sense of like, oh, this is really yeah. cool, you know. And I just got kids on brooms, which is a uh, Kids on Bikes is a is a Goonies kind of 80s style RPG. And they made a magical version where you're basically Harry Potter Hogwarts. And it's called Kids on Brooms. Ooh, and I've been wanting yeah. to run that, uh, especially for some of my like people, my friends that are totally into RPGs, but they love Harry right. Potter. And that would right. be a lot of fun to be like, hey, we're going to try this game out. It's just a one shot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the Dungeon Coach, you're on YouTube. Uh, where, where are, what other social medias? How can people find you if they are interested? Uh, the youtube.com slash the dungeon coach is the best way to do it um but i have a facebook that i'm working on I've, i'm still still on the come up so i've pretty much uh, my discord and my youtube uh channel in the description of any of my recent youtube videos you can see all my stuff there as far as uh facebook twitter i should probably do more tweeting but i just really don't i just really don't <laughs> uh, but yeah youtube and i'm about to do my video for today right after this that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, yeah, his Twitter is is in the video here right below that. You can mm -hmm. check it out. I also have a link in the description of the YouTube to his channel. Uh, do you have a favorite video that people should check out? Ooh, favorite video. Yeah. Uh, well, I have my favorite video, but it might not be the video that everyone... <laughs> or an introductory uh, say, video. In, Where should people start? In general, my, my, combat, my combat rules video. Uh, okay. Uh, homebrew house rules for combat. I have two of them. Most recent one. Uh, it was like two weeks ago video, but I think awesome. that's, that was a pretty solid one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for being on our show. Yeah, thanks for uh, showing this was up. really fun to have you. We're really excited. Uh, go check out the it. dungeon coach, uh, Lucian, any final words before we do take off? No, definitely. Everybody go and get to those comments, go check out these channels and tell everybody, you know, to come join us on these Saturday morning shows. Cause we're having a lot of fun talking yeah. with all of you. And it's just a great one hour show for us to just share all things, dungeons and dragons and all things game mastering and dungeon mastering and whatever you want to call it. So glad everybody could show up. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we will away. see you next week on a very special episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.